So you're using WordPress and you have your business online. The next question is, now what? With so much to do and so little time, it's hard to figure out where you should put your energy. WordPress might be the foundation for your website, but it's what you do with your business that counts. In this podcast, we'll talk about building and running an online business, but you have to be willing to do the work and just show up. My name is Kim Doyle, aka the WordPress Chick, and this is the WordPress Chick Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. And this interview today, I have to tell you guys, it has been kind of a long time in the making. <laughs> and and I, wouldn't you say, Jan, like it, it feels like it's, and not just to get the interview scheduled. <laughs> it's it's like we've known each other forever online, or we, we've been following each other forever, like probably for the last two years. And then I, when did we start to- scheduling the interview? Like six weeks ago, something like that? Probably, yeah. <laughs> So fortunately, it's, it's a benefit, I guess, right, of both having online businesses that this stuff happens, yeah. and here we are. So, um, but for the listeners, I'm excited. My 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 guest today is Jan Koch, and I and I did pronounce his last name wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we were discussing this before, but um, and and like Jan said, I mean, it's I followed his stuff. He's got this great, huge brand and, and background in WordPress. Um, but I I would love for you know we're going to talk a lot about WordPress, but obviously you've got some other cool stuff going on. And and I I love hearing the stories of transitions. So for the listeners who might not be familiar with you, uh, can you share some of your background with the audience? Yes, absolutely. So um, I got started in online business in 2013. Uh, Before that, I was working as a business consultant here in Germany. And I found out uh, really fast that the corporate world really isn't for me. So um, I wasn't happy in the job and I had a nervous breakdown in that situation and went to the hospital for two days. And in that two days, I decided to become self-employed. And yeah, I knew WordPress. So I started following people like Pat Flynn and Internet Business Mastery and those kinds of sites to learn about monetizing your skills online. And the, the closest thing I could monetize or the, the best thing I had to monetize was my WordPress skills. So that's how I uh, got started as a WordPress developer. And over time, I've built networks uh, all around the world. So ob- obviously, we, we've known each other for quite a while online. And I've built uh, strategic relationships with uh, some branding coaches and brand strategists and graphic designers and those type of people who I knew would need many, many websites for their clients. And then the business just grew organically from there. Wow. There was a lot in that answer. So I'm going to (laughs) back up a little. (laughs) Um, First of all, good for you for, for leaving corporate. And I appreciate you sharing that a nervous breakdown. I mean, you're pretty young and yeah. I don't know your age. You don't have to share, but I'm like to, okay, right. And so to, to feel that stress that early on, yeah. um, that's a huge indicator. Did you, were you concerned about leaving the consistent pay behind? I really was. I, I, it scared the, is, is it okay to curse or should I hold off? Uh, just don't drop any F-bombs, <laughs> okay. I swear, okay. but I don't drop okay. F-bombs. Okay. I, 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 I was scared to death, basically. Um, because it was, I, I'm the first in my family to really go serious uh, about self-employment, and um, 
what I did is, or to, to that time when I was 20, 22, 23, I was studying on the side for a master's degree in IT security. And um, I, I dropped out of those studies, wasted around, I think, from my own money, 4,000 euros, and from my employer, 10,000. And um, I had to work that off, obviously. So, so I got to pay him back. Mm -hmm. And um, in that time, I decided that it couldn't get any worse because I was working like uh, 40 hours a week as a business consultant and then spending another 30 to 35 learning for the master. So then there, there's no way it could, get, could have gotten worse than, than spending 80 hours a week on stuff you don't like. So I, I, I dropped those uh, 40 hours for the master's and decided to set up my own business for that. And I took it or I kept it on the side until I had the first month where the business uh, could have replaced my income. And that is when I handed in my resignation. Good for you. I, you know, I, it's funny. I've, I've thought about, I've had some personal stuff going on and not to get into it on the show, but I, all I could think about was how grateful I was that I worked for myself, to, yeah. that I had the space to take care of what needed to be taken care of, including myself. Like, you know, and it's weird because, you know, the computer's always here and you want to jump on, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to be any good to anybody or anything I create from this space or talk about or write about is not going to be helpful. So sometimes you got to just, you know, step back and that's what this does. And I mean, what a gift. And we're grateful in the WordPress space Absolutely. that you did this. Um, you know, so so when did you launch WP Mastery? Uh, that was probably uh, in the making for the past two years. So when I, when I had the WordPress Summit, the WP Summit, that went really well. And that was uh, ki kind of the Kickstarter for my global brand, where I became somewhat known in the space. And um, after that, I rebranded to WP Mastery for this. And I, to, be, to be honest, I totally neglect that blog currently. It's probably like uh, six months since I wrote the last blog post on that. But that's just because I'm too busy working on client projects. <laughs> <laughs> so is what, what is your age? Do you have an agency then? Yeah. I, I totally missed that. Yeah. It, and is that, what's the, what's the link to your agency? Uh, it, we only have a German site currently. It is called a Punkt Bar. And um, I, I can drop the link in the show notes afterwards. I can send you the link, but it's only in German. Okay. And um, what we do is we, we are building a team or we have a team of uh, me being the lead developer. Then we have a few graphic designers and uh, a, a fantastic project manager. And we are currently uh, growing the development team with uh, some partnerships and some freelancers so that we can uh, I can extract myself from the daily coding work basically and get back into WP Mastery and blogging and, and spreading knowledge, basically. Yeah, well, it sounds like, I mean, you've got the skill set, obviously, for the coding, but you're an entrepreneur at heart, yeah, right? Yeah, Co coding is just not the best use of my time. Yeah, not when you can leverage it yeah. and get stuff to work for yeah. you. Um, so let's back up a little bit with the WP Summit. Can you share what, what that was with the listeners and how you went about launching that? Oh, that, that was uh, really testing the water with both feet for me. Um, it was a virtual event where I interviewed 28 of uh, world's leading experts in the field connected to WordPress and online marketing. So we had, uh, I had Jason Cohen, the founder of WP Engine, for example. I had um, uh, Rand Fishkin, the founder of Mods, on the on the event. I had uh, Oli Gardner, the co-founder of Unbounce, 
as a WordPress competitor on that event. And, and people like that, basically. And that, that event, even though I pulled it off on my own and I didn't really market it that well. So there's a lot of things that I would do differently the next time. But I guess that's that's always how it is. And <laughs> yeah, that's how we learn. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, yeah, that, that went, went went pretty well. I had uh, 25,000 visits from 110 countries during the event with, without running any paid ads. So it was all organic. So that, that was pretty cool. And that got me in touch with uh, some of the bigger names in the online marketing industry and got me in touch with the basically the next level of clients that could afford bigger projects than just the the average entrepreneur, if I can say it that way. Wow. So that's huge. So you went into doing the summit. Yeah. I mean, to because again, there's every time you answer me on, I hope you get that there's going to be like 12 questions from your <laughs> response. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I can't this, get to the point. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't mean that, but it's like it triggers all these ideas in my brain because I've thought a, a few times about doing uh, like a virtual summit. Yeah. One for lead generation and one from a content side, yeah. you know, and you see, and, and, and there's products out there on how to do a virtual summit, but I really think that probably the best way to learn and, and implement is to do what you did. So did you use, did you talk to anybody yeah. about it? I mean, did you just make a, a, yeah. So share me, share with me if you can sort of the process in creating yeah. it and launching so it. So the, the brain behind the summit is my good friend, Navid Moises, who's, uh, running Virtual Summit Mastery and launching his uh, third version very soon. And uh, I, I think end of October, he's launching his uh, third version of that course. And Navid really uh, taught me how to set up uh, the structure of the event because it's it's like really a lot of work. You have to know what types of people you have to interview. So you can't just shoot for the A players because um, how, how do you get the first A player when there's nobody on the list of, of speakers, right? How how do you make right. it interesting for Rand Fishkin to join to join a virtual summit if he's that busy as he is? Um, how how do you get people talking about the summit? How do you set up affiliates properly? How do you? Uh, am I building the site? Is not the big deal for both of us and probably for most of your listeners. Uh, if they can handle WordPress or Teachable or whatever, um, they'll be good with the uh with the technical side but also how do you design the pages so that they convert well and how how do you frame the copy on the pages and really uh i i had probably three months where i worked non-stop on this event and that really was a tough time uh to get everything going in three months so you don't you wouldn't recommend three like a three month window to somebody? Not if it's your first summit. No, I probably for the next time I would shoot at a six month preparation window. Yeah, I've actually followed uh, uh, Navid's. Um, I'm on his list, yeah. and I follow he first like his his free content that he gives away, and is like is pretty amazing. Is. You know, to to kind of start wrapping your head around doing a summit. Um, so how was that for you in terms of growing a list and, and growing your audience? I grew my list by 600%. Oh <laughs> I, I, that's pretty decent. I, I could live with that. Yeah. <laughs> so wow, so the, the, the story behind that actually is pretty interesting because Navid and I started our businesses to the same time. Um, we were, we, we met an in internet business mastery in, in the, uh, course in the membership 
and uh, Jason Van Orden and Jeremy Franson connected us basically in their Facebook group. And we, we figured that we just keep in touch and hold each other accountable. And now both of our businesses have luckily been growing over the past few years. And we are both now evolving in, in different directions and not talking to each other as much as we probably would like to. But um, back then, Navid really was... Uh, helping me a lot about the strategy of the business. I mean, the WordPress stuff, I could handle that myself, but um, knowing how to position the business in the market and how to market it, there was a big contribution from Navi to that. Well, you know what's interesting too about that is, um, I don't know if you've heard me say, you know, I, I feel like I've kind of gone backwards a little bit and only in the sense that this is this, I, I'm focusing on, the things in terms of the business structure of, you know, the messaging and and the right offer and how do you position that and how do you talk to people where to me, it was kind of like the missing piece of the puzzle. And I think that while the WordPress community is shifting, and I think a lot of people who do even products, whether they're plugins or themes are realizing you can't just have a good product. You have to really have a content strategy and a connection strategy, right? I mean, you know, (laughs) the, the summit piece alone you know, you, I'm guessing there's sort of like a, um, you know, who do you want to target? Who do you want to invite? And there is a strategy to that. And, you know, what I have found, you know, I joined a high end mastermind a few years back. And it was through that and through the podcast, you realize the power of relationships. And it's very easy to get caught up in the day to day. But doing this, whether it's a podcast interview, or I try to do a lot of connection calls, have you found that that's also really helped your business? Absolutely. Without the relationships that I'm building, I could not have made it to where I am today. So a big shout out to AJ Amix, who's uh, one of the first brand strategists that I've teamed up with. And we we are friends for like four years now. We met on Twitter originally. It was was quite funny. Back then I was doing some interviews for my uh, blog and he was doing interviews. And so we interviewed each other basically, (laughs) like like almost back to back. And um, yeah, he had clients who needed websites he was helping them with their branding and i i needed someone to um bring me website projects basically because i hate sales i I really do (laughs) i'm glad that my agency got my back now (laughs) so um that that was kind of a win-win relationship and i helped him provide more service to the clients and he helped me pay the bills basically what was his last name i got aj aj amix a-m-y-x Okay, great. Um, yeah, it, it just kind of blows me away. And for me, it, it was, I, I'm right there with you too, Jan. I'm like, I hate sales. But at the same time, I have kind of fallen in love with understanding copy yeah. and how and the impact it can have and and where you can just, you can take, you know, say you've got an offer and it's maybe it's a, it's a product with a course or something that you can simply give the same, the, you can package it and just position it differently. And it may sell, you know, whether you're giving a, a free trial to something with, with a course and then shift it to, you know, a free course with the trial. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. And so that piece to me um, really made a difference. So with the marketing side of stuff, what, what's been an influence for you? And, and is there something you would recommend to people who are in the WordPress space and know they need to step up their marketing? Um, as, as you said, I think the most important piece of my marketing is to uh, step out and be present in the market, uh, whether that is talking to people, whether that's creating content and what what form uh, 
whatsoever. What I've recently uh, dabbled around with with online marketing is um, Facebook ads for my e-commerce for for the uh, Little Oak Watches store. And that that is going to be interesting because obviously Facebook is a huge platform. And um, I've got some friends, luckily, who are way better on Facebook ads than I could ever be. So they are, they are helping me quite a bit. But yeah, I think just being out there. And I recently came across uh, a statement from Scott Oldford on Facebook uh, where he talked about being omnipresent to your market. And I think that really nails it on the head. So you need to know uh, who your market is and who you are marketing to and what pain points your offer is solving for them. And then you just need to be everywhere they are and just keep talking to them until you find out whether your offer is the right offer for them or whether you need to package it differently. Well, and I love that piece too. I have a, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be doing a, a new YouTube channel nice. that it's called, Ju- well, it's called Just Show Up TV because I found, you know, I wrote a post, gosh, a couple of years ago um, and it was why fake it till you make it is ass backwards <laughs> because, <laughs> because I think there's a ton of value in showing up and documenting and Gary Vaynerchuk is a yeah. big, you know, just document. Yeah. And if you show up imperfectly, if you talk to people having a conversation, you know, and to your point with the Facebook ads, um, you know, it was really interesting. I had hired a, an, a Facebook agency. Gosh, it was almost two years ago. No, a year ago. I don't know. Life's a blur. I think it was almost two years yeah. ago. Uh, Jason Hornung. And I've, oh, I've, I've sung his... I've him on Facebook, yeah. Do you know Jason? Okay. Yeah. I've sung his praises a million times. We had connected through a mastermind, and it was... He kind of gave me a whole different perspective on on internet marketing in general, <clears throat> because I'd been in high-ticket masterminds, and there's a lot of surface-level stuff that happens. And in working with Jason, because I didn't hire them just to run campaigns. It was kind of a done with you. But I got to go out to his, his um, office and spend a few days where he taught his whole system. And his understanding and mastery of ad copy going back to like 1950 with old ad men and stuff really triggered something in me about, oh, there's some good fundamentals here and his work ethics and all of that. And and that with Facebook ads, there is, um, I don't know, I, I see a shift happening. And I'd love to as we transition because I want to hear about Little Oak and e-commerce. Um, <clears throat> with your ads, have you seen a, a difference in what how things are working? And, and what I mean by that is, you know, the lifestyle images with Lamborghinis and, and fancy, like <laughs> like the Ty Lopez images. <laughs> yes, thank you. You know, have you seen have you seen the spoof? You have to search for it. Lie Topaz. Have you seen that? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if if you enjoy that satire, right? But <laughs> but to, to the point is, you know, that that stuff isn't really working anymore. Yeah. And where the whole four-hour work week and, – and I think there's, you know, as the space matures, people are wanting to just connect with people. And they get that business is business and it all takes work. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. But with with, <laughs> with your ads, you know – and I don't take you as somebody that was ever like, look at the million dollars I made yesterday. Um, oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, hey, if I did a million dollars in 24 hours, I think I would be talking about it. Um, but but no, I mean, in, in terms of, I, I probably should back up for people before we talk about your ads. And thanks for my little rant there. I apologize for, no for bogarting your time <laughs> on my show. Um, but let's talk, explain to listeners what Little Oak is, because your products are so beautiful. Oh, thank you. 
Um, Little Oak is a project that I started last year uh, selling handmade wooden watches. So it's wristwatches made from organic wood, untreated um, for for ladies and, and men. And the st- the story behind it is that for one, uh, the father of my fiance, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago, was a big watch fan and really got me uh, into this watch world, like own- owning more than one wristwatch, basically, and know- knowing how many different types of watches exist. And then a good friend of mine who moved to Vegas, he's actually from the same uh, city here in Germany where I'm from. And we met like probably 18 or 19 years ago in a table tennis club. And then at some point he moved to Las Vegas and he moved to or first, uh, I think he moved to Berkeley to study there. And then he, now he's living in Vegas and he had the idea to test out how wooden watches would work in the on in the e-commerce field because there are some really big brands about that, but he didn't have the time to do it himself because he's running his own e-commerce, and that's how I got into it basically. Okay, but there's so much here. So he was doing it. So are you guys designing and manufacturing the watches yourself? Uh, we are designing them, but we are working with a manufacturer in Asia who's hand-making them. So they are making them to our specification, basically. Okay. And so for everybody listening to, and again, I'm going to have all the links, but it's littleoak.store. Yeah. And it's so funny because I'm like, I probably shouldn't have opened the site while we were talking because I'm like <laughs> shopping at them all. Oh, I think I want to get that one for my daughter. And I like that one. Um <clears throat> So let's talk about the site itself. So you're using WooCommerce? Yep. All right. So in terms of, uh, of you know, give us sort of the secret sauce behind what you've used to set up the e-commerce platform. Uh, so the, the first uh, version of Little Oak was actually built with Shopify because we really want to get this up and running fast. And my buddy already has uh, has had quite some experience with Shopify. And I was just interested in trying out a different e-commerce platform than WooCommerce. Mm-hmm. So the first, I think, six or seven months, we are running on, on Shopify through his accounts because uh, with Shopify, you need a U.S. bank account. So me being a German, not having a U.S. bank account, it all was running under his name. And basically, I was sending him the invoices to pay me for, for the services I provided to him. And we soon found out that with WooCommerce, uh, the only or the only way to uh, me manage the business without opening a bank account in the US, which is quite a pain from Germany. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah well, it's a kind of a pain here. Not really. <laughs> I, I, I almost flew to the US just to open a bank account. So that oh that, that that is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> And the the only alternative to that was WooCommerce, basically. So we set up WooCommerce. We had like a couple of hundred orders in Shopify already. So what we needed to do was the the first really big problem we had was moving those product data and customer data to WooCommerce. And we, we found a pretty good service. I don't remember the name yet, but I'll get it to you after this interview so that you can link it. Um we found a pretty good service who was able to handle that pretty smoothly. And I think for, for a reasonable price, like $200 or something. So that, that was completely hands off. That was cool. But what, what I didn't, what I didn't think about is 
that you somehow need to give the old customers access to the new shop. <laughs> yeah. so, so you need you ju don't just need to have their orders you and don't just have need to have their billing data you also somehow need to get their passwords so that they can log in and that that was quite interesting because that was obviously something i didn't think about and i didn't order in the migration so i had quite a number of customers uh getting quite mad to be honest yeah And uh, we were able to sort this out by just uh, having them reset their passwords or setting a password manually for them. But that, that was kind of the first interesting stepping stone moving from Shopify to WooCommerce. Well, so for anybody who maybe is on, any, any tips or suggestions for people who might be looking at doing that? Um, so if you're uh, just thinking about playing around with an e-commerce store, I would always go Shopify if you have the option because Shopify is so much faster to set it up. E even though I'm a WordPress fanboy by heart, um, Shopify is just so much more straightforward. You don't need to think about any themes. You don't need to think about any compatibility of payment gateways. You don't need to think about anything, basically. You can just start creating the products and have them up and running within like an hour or two. Um I know some people who run pretty big Shopify stores as well, like, like seven figures and higher. But for me personally, I wouldn't want to miss the flexibility that WooCommerce gives. So if you're moving from Shopify to WooCommerce, get a list of all the information that you need to be migrated, like if it's customer data, if it's the passwords, if it's orders, if it's like page content or blog content or whatever you have. And make sure that you get that migrated. Also, one thing that I made sure in the beginning with the new uh, WooCommerce site is that I don't change the look of the shop too drastically because I really wanted to keep the branding in place. And there was no way to have the same look as the Shopify theme without uh, spending ridiculous amounts on, on tweaking an existing theme. And uh, since that was still a side project to that time, um, I really had to, yeah, basically I, I went with the Avada theme and made sure it looks good and had our designers from the agency look over it. But I didn't make uh, an entirely new brand out of that. Well, I mean, I think, <clears throat> with, especially with the e-commerce, the branding and the consistent piece of that has, has got to be huge. Yeah. So, <clears throat> sorry again. Everybody listening, we have had the crazy fires in Northern California. I'm sorry to keep coughing at you. Um, so with So you're using WooCommerce. What do you use for email? Uh, MailChimp. Okay. I have to, I could not ever wrap my head around MailChimp. I, I have fallen in love with ConvertKit, but um, <laughs> everything integrates really well, right? So, yeah. um, so how, let, let's talk a little bit because being the content and, and uh, marketing fan that I am, and clearly you are too. So how do you, how have you gone about um, besides the Facebook ads? Um, what what are you doing to market and drive Little Oak? Uh, what currently is working pretty well for me is uh, having Google ad campaigns that are driving the maximum number of clicks. So with Google campaigns, you can set up the target for a campaign. And I have uh, a few product listing ads running with uh, a custom plugin that I've built to automatically sync the products in WooCommerce to a, to the Google Merchant Center. And um, I 
those work okay, but what really works for me currently is having uh, Google ad campaigns that drive traffic for relevant keywords and then have retargeting ads with uh, a discount code on Facebook and Instagram. And, yeah, I, I follow you guys on Instagram too <laughs> um, and, and love everything. So you created – are you going to sell that plugin? Sounds like you could no. – People, no, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like a really scrappy plugin that, that has basically no UI. Um, it, it is ki kind of uh, like a relic from Shopify. So with Shopify, what I wanted to try is I wanted to, to be in better control of which data gets moved over to uh, the Google Merchant Center for the products. And what I did is I wrote a plugin that creates a simple TXT file with all the product data in it, and then Google scrapes that file once a day. And I didn't want to give up that control with uh, with moving to WooCommerce because what really uh, cost me quite a bit of money, to be honest, is not thinking about the transition in, in terms of ads and marketing because with uh, moving from WooCommerce to or from Shopify to WooCommerce the URL structure changed of the website. Mm -hmm. And with that, uh, some of the ads lost their target and things like uh, domain authorization for a new site. So when you have this little code snippet that Google wants you to add to the, to your website uh, and Google didn't really take it up in, in the WooCommerce store. And so I had like two or three days where no ads were running and what that cost is if i understand it correctly i'm not an expert by any means but uh, if i understand correctly those two to three days reset all the data i've saved over the past few months so i basically started over from zero at, at that time and it takes quite a while for google to optimize their campaigns and that costs quite a bit of money to be honest yeah, well, and Google's not Facebook. I know that the cost of advertising on Facebook has gone up, but yeah. it's a little bit more forgiving in terms of testing, right? Yeah. Where Google, Go you Google, can be in Google is pretty picky. quick. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't do anything on Google. I did years ago, but um, when I thought I was going to be an AdSense millionaire, you know, <laughs> that's another conversation. Um, so, what about organic stuff? So, what, what, do you guys have an organic strategy for driving the brand? Um, we do some SEO on the website for, for the product descriptions and for the category pages. I really need to step up my game with uh, social media marketing because I I totally neglect that, to be honest. Um, problem there is that I'm too booked with uh, better paying client work currently to really invest time in, in a content strategy for Facebook and Instagram and to may maybe hire a, a content creator or a content writer or something for the blog. Yeah, you find a student intern. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tried that actually. And I had an intern for two, for two months uh, for the Instagram account that we were running. And uh, the big problem with that is that you I, I need to take all the product pictures. That, that's currently the biggest issue that I have is since all the watches are custom branded, I need to have them here in Germany to um, then organize a photographer and organize models and, and do a professional photo shoot so that I can create the images that I'm going to share on my blog and on social media. And that is that is quite time consuming. And 
I don't want to invest in a photographer and models overseas in the U.S. so that I'm not involved with that. Uh, that simply yeah. the the scope of Little Oak doesn't justify that yet. But that that was the bottleneck currently. It's uh, not not the ability to find an intern, but the ability to provide content to that intern. What about, and this just popped in my head and you can totally tell me to zip it, but do you do anything when, when a, when a customer gets the watch and like, if they take a picture and upload it and tag you guys, they can get a discount or anything to that effect? Yeah, we do that. But the, uh, the percentage of people doing that is too, too small to build a content strategy upon that. Yeah, I know. It's getting people I'm like, trust me as I fight and ask in in 165 episodes, please leave me a podcast review. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> that, know, that, that's just... that is just writing a few lines of text. And now imagine you would ask for take a selfie of me with a, a podcast image on the iPhone or something like that. T- take a selfie well, of yourself while yeah. listening to my podcast and tag me. Do do a video unboxing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I get mine, and because I'm seriously, I'm, I'm like, I need to stop. I need to close the website because I'm like looking at the watches and I'm like, oh, maybe I should get an <laughs> Apple Watch because you guys have straps for Apple Watches too. Yeah. Um, but definitely need to do a video for you. So you you sound a tad busy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't know how you're doing all of this, but you know, any what would you recommend to somebody who's thinking about starting a physical products business? Validate the need for the product before you really jump into it um do your research on whether there are competitors selling similar products and how you will be able to differentiate your product from those i'm very very hesitant to jump into any field where there's nobody doing business because i don't think that i'm that smart that i've got the first idea for a new product um we we have so many people like seven, seven billion people almost on this world so it's very unlikely that anybody has the first idea for something. So somebody might uh, likely have tested a niche. And if there's nobody doing business, maybe there's just not a market there. So what I like to do is um, I like to see other businesses doing really, really well in the market and then find my own take on differentiating my products. Well, you know, it's crazy. I'm like, how come I've never seen wooden watches before? And mind you, I've not looked. I get it, but but you know, your watch—they're just—they are like a piece of art, and they're super affordable. <laughs> um, and, and I promise, I'm not getting paid to say this, anybody. But <laughs> I, I swear. Um, but you know, from that perspective, you know. So, how did you? I mean, obviously, people were buying watches. Yeah. What did you do to validate the brand or or the? You know, I mean, it's because your friend was kind of getting into it already. Um, it is. Uh... A pretty interesting story for that. So what we did is first we uh, did a Google search on on the like like the technical stuff, search volume and competition, and that that kind of data. And then what we find out through that research is that there are a few brands selling wooden watches who are doing like seven figures and more per year. So that that was for us um, the validation that there is a need. And just as you said, nobody or or very few people really know that wooden watches exist. So I'm I'm kind of early into a market that I think can be very promising in the future. I I might be wrong and wooden watches might be dead in the next year, but I I think they're not. 
I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what we then did is we we um, went on the search for a manufacturer who could uh, develop the watches or create the watches as at an affordable price because the only way we could differentiate our watches is uh, via price, what we thought in the beginning. Um, there are many, many manufacturers who have as amazing designs as we have for their watches but they cost like $200 to $300 so there's there's one manufacturer original grain um who has fantastic watches because they have stainless steel and wooden watches combined and we are we are working on similar products to them so they have stainless steel straps and they have refurbished wood from like or, or, organic uh beer um and and searching for the word like, like for um let me google that word really quick that's yeah well you know what's funny is i'm sitting here and and it's the the whole sustainability piece of it and yeah. i love the the social aspect of it too with yeah. one watch equals 10 trees planted yeah um you know that, for people that's listening. really important to me because um the, the word I was searching for is barrel, by the way. So they have organ, organic watches, uh, organic wood from old barrels that they rebuild into their watches. And that, that's kind of a cool story how they differentiate your, uh, their watches. And what I found is that with that, organ, uh, with, with that sustainability aspect, um, I could differentiate little oak in the market. So what we do is we plant 10 trees in the U.S. Uh, we've partnered up with uh, Retree.com for this purpose. and the reason behind that is I think humans are really, really bad at caring for our planet. And I'm, I'm not uh, contributing to maintaining the planet either because I have, shipped, I, I have to ship my watches all over the world, basically. I'm manufacturing in Asia, selling in the US, and now coming to Germany as well. So I'm, I'm kind of contributing to the pollution with just having a couple of hundred watches or thousands of watches uh, shipped. And that's why I wanted to make up for that. And now we plan 10 trees for every watch sold. Well, you know what? Even with that, Jan, though, <clears throat> have you heard um, – I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk say this a couple times where – because you fall in the millennial generation then, right, it is, if I'm correct. And yeah. that, you know, it's like he said, I'm so tired of hearing people complain about this generation. They're the most socially conscious generation ever <laughs> really because because of the planet that you've been <laughs> handed um but but the social conscious piece um i i think it it tends to be and not that it's like a trend but you guys you know <laughs> you guys but I, I i do think that it just makes sense in this this business model yeah. you know 30 years ago didn't nobody thought twice about it it, yeah. it was just like well why can't you do good at the same time sort of um, and to your point, I love that. That was the first thing I thought of when you were talking about the competitor with the, the beer barrels is what a cool story, right? To yeah. to share where the wood's coming from. Um, and I do see a shift in, in um, even with e-commerce where people are doing more of the story piece behind the brand and the product. Yeah, that's something that we are trying to convey on the website as well. Um with, with that whole sustainability aspect on the one hand and on the other hand, we try to make sure that our customers know that the wood that we are using is only from man-grown forest. So we're not cutting down any forest uh, that is organically grown and that we are hand-making the watches uh, without treating the wood with any chemicals. 
Wow. I just, I love it. They're, they're, and again, I'm just, I'm not paid, but they are so pretty. Um, <clears throat> so besides the, the product validation and the research, so would you recommend that something you said, you know, you think people should start with Shopify first and, you know, what are your thoughts? So I have a, um, a friend who has done huge in the e-commerce space and, but literally starting with like one product, you know, yeah. and as opposed to jumping into a store and did a lot of, and, and did a lot of validation that way, as well as, Hey, you just bought a bottle of this. Why not get three for the price of two on the thank you? <laughs> and it works. So many people yeah, take absolutely. them up on that. Yeah, um, I've, I've said it's work. Yeah. So, is that something you guys are looking at doing, or you know, there's? Do you know? Um, oh my gosh, uh, Woo Curve. Are you familiar yes, with them? Yes, yes, we are. We are using those on uh, that pla- that upset plugin on the shop. What we do is uh, for the wooden pocket watch that we are selling is we use uh, WooCurve to upsell uh, a leather gift box for that. And what we are currently working on is establishing more stock in the US so that we can cut down our shipping times. And then what we will do is uh, I'm currently handpicking a few bracelets that match the watches like lava stone bracelets that we will use as upsells for the watches as well. Very exciting. Are those going to be out like fourth quarter? I'm all, should I wait? Should I wait to buy? (laughs) (laughs) I I will send you one afterwards. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, So... If we could talk a little bit, if you're good with it still, on the the ad strategy then for Facebook, because I think a lot of people are are scared, right, <clears throat> in yeah. terms of jumping into advertising. So, any tips for somebody who says, "Okay, I've got an e-commerce. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. What, what should I where should I start?" Set set aside a reasonable budget for ads for testing. Um, I talked to uh, a friend. I, I think you know him as well, Cody Lister, mm-hmm. um, who is really, really big on Facebook ad, and he, he has an agency running ads for clients managing like ridiculous amounts of ad budgets. And what he said uh, in one conversation was that if you don't have like like 20K to blow on Facebook ads, don't start an e-commerce business or that, that he wouldn't start an e-commerce business if he doesn't have 20K to blow out on Facebook ads for testing. I didn't blow out that much money, but like two grand to three grand definitely went out of the window for testing. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, you know, I always say to people, I'm like, you're either going to pay with time or money. Yeah. And e- e-commerce is, to your point, is very different than, you know, let's say you want to run an ad to, to grow a brand or an info product. Yeah. You if, if you want to sell via an ad, you have to do a lot of testing and you have to reach to a lot of people to find out an audience that resonates well with that specific ad copy and image that you used. Right. Where with the difference, if you're, if you're driving ads for, do you guys do any ads for lead gen or just for sales? Currently just for sales. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, which it's interesting, I guess, what would you do? Like, <clears throat> you know, for e-commerce for an opt-in, like a, a discount, a cute, like, that's, it's, yeah, it's a totally different space. People don't care about discounts. But what we found is we, we tried that, like like giving away to, uh, 10%, 15% as discounts for uh, people giving us their email address, but that pe- people just don't care about that. It's it's like 5% of people mm-hmm. who sign up. Yeah, And the, the funny thing is people who signed up don't use the discount. So we, we send, in, send them an autoresponder right away with the discount code so that they, they can use it. But then we we see their sign up and then order a few minutes later without that discount code. 
Well, that's crazy because I've signed up. I've done the same thing. I was thinking I had gone to Bobby Brown for makeup, right? And I was like, oh, okay, I'll get the discount. And then I was like, so I looked around and I got distracted. And then I ended up going to a store in town, like Sephora, and just (laughs) buying something, you know? So so I know that point. I can't – I would have used the discount, though, um, had I checked out. So is there anything that you think that works well for lead generation um, for e-commerce? Um, what I see many people in the in the dropshipping fields and specifically do is uh, use free products mm-hmm. for lead gen. So um, it's it's not just dropshipping. Actually, I see like Russell Branson with his free plus shipping offers for for his uh, book, and then the ClickFunnels upsell mm-hmm. is the exact same thing to me. And I've tried a few guides like like the. Um, the standard lead magnet, like a guide on how to select the best wooden watch for your case and how how to find the wooden watch that matches your outfit and stuff like that. But I'm not not confident that I found the right anchor or the, the right hook for an opt-in magnet currently. So what we are doing is um what we are currently trying is doing full moon sales, but people don't really Maybe I'm just terrible at marketing them. I'm not sure. About <laughs> what. <laughs> but what, what, what we did for the past two months was um, discounting two of our best-selling watches at full moon to to kind of symbolize the connection to nature that we want to express with the Little Oak brand. But uh, people didn't care at all about full moon. Maybe they're too busy for that or may, maybe two months is not enough time to validate whether that strategy is working or not but so far we are not uh, considering any any lead gen strategies we are just working on bringing people who are searching for wooden watches on google and then retargeting them on facebook to create multiple touch points and help them or to to educate them about what is doing and then ask for the sale you know i it's interesting you brought that up because I don't know if you've heard me talking. I've gotten, I've totally drank the ClickFunnels Kool-Aid again because of, <laughs> because of his latest book. And, and yeah. it really, it really triggered something in me. And then I, because of that, then I've been consuming all of his content. And my friend that I was mentioning to you, he's built an eight figure e-commerce company, um, just through ClickFunnels and a yeah, lot of I, it. I, I mean, the, the strategies that Bronson is sharing, they work. Yeah. And I, and I think for, you know, it's it's I was just thinking too, I'll have to we'll talk afterwards, but I need to give you um an account with lead survey so we can segment your visitors <laughs> um when that <laughs> nice. launches. But but I but I think that it is it's you know, the first thing I was thinking is uh, the e commerce space is very different from, you know, the online marketing or info marketing, consulting, yes. coaching, all of that space because, you know, where I was able to even, you know, because yeah, uh, the app that I'm the web app that I'm partnering with, it's it was like I had I mean, I spent a month reworking a webinar, Jan, like going through the book and and you know, just spending a couple hours dropping down headlines and looking at it and is this solving the problem and trying to get and there is there's a lot of value in that. So it seems like you guys are still where that you've got this amazing product and, and beautiful site and you've got the the paid campaign down. It's it please correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're still figuring out sort of that message to market with what is going to resonate with your your target audience absolutely absolutely 100% because the um for me personally the challenge is and as you said segmenting the market because uh with wooden watches who buys wooden watches like uh 
women buy wooden watches for their hubbies or boyfriends. Like men buy wooden watches for themselves. Women buy wooden watches for themselves. Um, boyfriends buy wooden watches for their girlfriends. And people buy wooden watches like like uh, groomsmen buy buy bulk wooden watches for their groomsmen outfits and that's a great idea yeah it is like like the pocket watch that i was mentioning earlier the conductor we named it um people buy this for brides like like in 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 tens of orders so like like 10 10 pocket watches in one order or something like that so that's really crazy and it's so what, what I find the biggest difference in marketing to like the traditional online marketing is with online marketing, you know exactly who you are selling to. You are solving this one pain point, this one major, major issue for your target audience, and then you're honing your marketing in on that. But with e-commerce, people come out of nowhere and buy your product if it is good. And then I feel like I have to reverse engineer who is buying the watches right now, who I'm resonating the most with. I have an idea, obviously, who's buying the watches, but I'm still in the process of validating if that idea of my target market is correct. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's... I, I'm What's striking me with this, Jan, is is for the audience, too, listening to this, that it's it's such a process, right? And, yeah. and like, to go back to ClickFunnels, where having heard him say, you know, it took five funnels and until they found the one that resonated to start driving signups for ClickFunnels when they got yeah. started, right? And so it is a matter of, obviously, you guys have validation that people like the products and want them. And now it's like this, this testing and tweaking and iteration. And it's like, so for people listening, it's a process. And you can't, I can't tell you many times, even with a course where I was like, oh, well, that didn't work. And so <laughs> I came up on it, right? And now that I've gone back to this Oh, well, some of it worked and yeah. or this piece did or this resonated or people didn't buy, but some did, you know, so it's, it's getting to the point where you enjoy that process. Not even though you might be hoping for, you know, a great webinar that converts, it's like, okay, that kind of sucked, but what, what can I learn from it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so important that you don't get frustrated if you don't see the results that you're hoping for. It's like, we are with with the logo. I'm in a uh, comfortable position because the watches seem to be so good that people buy them, even though my marketing is not on point. So that that is a very very comfortable position to be in, and I am glad that I found a manufacturer who can build these watches at this level of quality. But um, as you said, in the in the marketing of the of an e-commerce brand, it is so much trial and error. It is like, like every day I'm trying new things. And for, for the Facebook ad campaigns, I usually give them uh, two weeks to three weeks before I decide whether some, something worked or not, because you just need a solid amount of data. And especially in the time that we are coming now to with the Christmas holidays and Black Friday coming up and th those uh, special days, it's not even close to comparing those days to like the summertime. It, yeah. It's not not even close because the mindset of the people is different. Like no nobody is looking for a wooden watch during summer times. It's really different how you need to approach the market in those months compared to now. Everybody's looking for gifts, so it's yeah. the perfect time for wooden watches. Yeah, it's it's a really fascinating space, and yeah. I, I just think I, I commend you for sticking with it. And again, you've got beautiful products and whatnot. Um, it's, it's just for people listening, you know, to trust that 
you got to measure, tweak, iterate, and just keep keep going with it. Um, <laughs> I went so sideways with all the e-commerce stuff. Uh, I would love, I know we're winding down here. I'd love your thoughts on, like, I feel like there's a big shift in the WordPress space in terms of, and we don't have to get into page builders or anything, but where there are more products and services being created based on what customers actually want, as opposed yeah. to um, coming from what developers like doing, or, you know, what are your thoughts on the direction of the WordPress space? I totally agree with you. I see um, even in our daily business, like when we are working with uh, graphic designers who give us Photoshop files, what we sometimes do with the with these simpler designs that we convert to WordPress sites is we use uh, page builders because in those cages, cases, usually the client's command being able to easily change like font colors or sizes or something like that, which... If you code a theme from scratch, even if you have your own framework for that or use underscores or something like that, building this really easy to use backend interface for your end user still consumes a heck of a lot more time than tweaking the crappy code that comes out some page builders. And even even with Visual Composer, you can get a site to load under two seconds. So there's not really even a case in... Um, saying that page builders blowed up code yes they do and and for developers it's a pain in the ass to work with them but in, after all i think the perspective of the end user matters most and the people paying you as the developer matters most and if it's just a simple website project we totally use page builders yeah i mean to me at the end of the day it's about delivering what the, the customer what the customer wants um, yeah. in the be- best time frame possible. And as more people maybe want to have more control over their sites, it just, it just kind of makes sense. The other thing that I see happening and I think it's fantastic is I think there is a shift with the pricing model and, you know, there are very few like, you know, buy now forever, you know, whether it's a plugin or a theme, I, I think the amount of support, you know, that was specifically why um, with my partner and I were, we did SAS because I, I yep. didn't want to deal with the amount of um, potential conflicts and support and all that that goes into it. So I, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Like I see a shift happening there as well. There are a lot more paid WordPress training products coming out. I think it's, it's good for the um, ecosystem, the right word, you know, like the economy of, of the market. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. I think um, the more our customers get educated about what WordPress is and how they can use it, the better our service can become because um, these training programs like, like WP 101 or something like that, they just take off so much work of our shoulders of educating the customers about basics, like how to create a post, how to create a page. Um, having those training programs at hand is really handy. And for the, for the paid plugins, I actually, it's funny, I just bought um, for a customer an S2 member license today, which is a one-time payment mm-hmm. um, with lifetime updates, which which I think is crazy. So do I. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, 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 it is ridiculous. Like, you, you pay $90 and then you can expect lifetime updates. It's like, how, who pays those? <laughs> So. Well, you know, I love to I love to do these like real life analogies. It's like you don't buy a car and expect never to put a penny into it again. Exactly. Like there, there's maintenance and support and oil yeah. changes, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and I, I see it the same way. I'm happy to pay seventy uh, thirty seven bucks a month for Wukum uh, for Wukurf, 
for their upsell product if they provide great service for me and if it if the product makes me money i'm ha I'm happy to pay for that and that is i i think people looking for cheap solutions in the wordpress field didn't really get where the entire space is going i think we are seeing a shift into becoming more professional and working with wordpress and there are still these uh, page or the, these so-called developers on Fiverr who claim to be able to pay to, to build a page for one hundred dollars, and um, it, you you get what you pay for. Absolutely, really, that, yeah. that's what it is. Absolutely, um, Jan. This has been so fun. I'm I'm kind of bummed that it took us this long to get <laughs> to get together. Yeah, we we need to start scheduling a follow up interview now so that we can have it in two months or so. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, I definitely will have you on the new YouTube channel because it's going to be it's video and part of nice. part of the whole showing up piece is is you know I there's so much power in live streaming. I'm floored at the engagement and the reach and the conversations. It's it's just a ton. So we'll definitely have to set that up. Where is the best place for people to connect with you? Uh, the best place to connect with me is on Twitter at I am Jan Koch. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well. This is the same username, Jan, Jan Koch. And uh, if you want to know more about my latest project, it's littleoak.store. Okay, so I will have, for everybody listening, I'll have all the links uh, in the show notes uh, to to Jan's profiles and, of course, the Little Oak store. And then when I get my watch, I'm going to do a video unboxing, I promise. <laughs> Sweet, I love that. And I actually, um, that just pops into my mind. Let me set up a 20% discount for your users. So for everybody who's listening way to the end of this podcast, I want to reward you. And I'll give Kim a link where you can check out your 20% discount on our watches. That is so kind of you. Thank you. And we've got time for when this airs for them to do that. So Jan, thank you. It's been, it's been a blast. I totally appreciate your time. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, you know the drill. Hang on. I'll have an outro with all the links and the discount code. As always, thanks so much for listening. All right, guys, as promised, Jan has hooked us up you, me, all of us, uh, with a discount to their watches are beautiful. Um, they're these handmade wooden watches. They're just gorgeous. Um, well, I don't know if they're handmade. I shouldn't say that. But um, you're going to want to go to the WPChick.com forward slash Little Oak. And that is a 20% discount. There's a coupon code at checkout, WPChick20, all uppercase. Um, and then, of course, the links and all of this will be in the show notes as well. Again, go to the WPChick.com forward slash Little Oak. You guys are awesome. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you haven't left a review of the podcast, it would mean the world to me. On that note, I will catch you next episode. Thanks, guys. <laughs>